everyone. My name is David, and this is Plant Personalities with PV Plant Guy. And today we have a very special guest that is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Laura Miley, and she is my childhood best friend. So as you guys know, this is a podcast where I interview some of plant influencers on social media to get to know them behind their social media curtain. Who are they? What are their hobbies? And what do they do in real life that we don't we don't know and that we want to find out? Today is an interesting spin on the podcast because my friend Laura is actually going to interview me. So you get to learn about me and the things that you may not know. Laura, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So to let everyone know, we're actually in my house in Florida, and we are in separate rooms. So this should be very interesting because we can't see each other. But it's a little bit of like a blind, blind date situation. It is. I love it. Um, We've been friends for literally 30 years, right? Yeah, I I think think I just dated us. Yeah, you did. Sorry. (laughs) We're old. We're millennials. And we lived two houses down from each other and we would play as children. And I have like my earliest memories of Laura, like running around um, with her, like really thick hair. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I looked like uh, Laura Ingalls, actually. Little House on the Prairie for anyone who who doesn't know that reference. Yeah, I I, I actually don't know that reference. (laughs) (laughs) So... Laura, um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started so everyone knows who you are. Yeah, I'm from Rhode Island, just like David is before his Florida days. Uh, But I live in San Francisco and have lived there for about, you know, almost 10 years. And I work in advertising, uh, doing sort of um, brand commercials and uh, digital stuff for different clients. Awesome. Yeah, so you're three hours behind and right now you are... In Florida. Yeah. Yeah. West coast time is a real thing. It's a real thing. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more used to it than I am here. So (laughs) we'll get there. Yeah. I'm certain. I'm certainly not on West coast time ever. And, um, it's definitely interesting having you here because I'm more in tune with time. Not that that's a bad thing (laughs) at all, but it's, uh, you mean, cause I slept till nine 30 this morning. Maybe that. Yeah, well, I was my typical day, know, no matter what time zone I'm on. I mean, I mean, I woke up for a seven a.m. meeting, and so I was up at six thirty, letting the pup out, making yeah. coffee. Yeah, I'm not jealous. Mm, yeah, I mean, sleep is good, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, so should we jump into these questions? Yes, I do. I have some good questions for you. Uh, hopefully, we can get people to know PV Plant Guy a little bit better. Maybe the way that I knew you. Um, which is funny because, you know, when you got into plants and I saw how well you were doing, I was trying to think back into, you know, memories from our childhood. If there was anything that remind, like that kind of like, you know, forecast that you would get into this hobby. And I don't know, you were kind of an outdoorsy kid. You liked playing around with dirt and stuff. I don't think there was anything specific about plants that you were really into at the time. But I'm not totally shocked. So, you know, tell us about how you got into it and, you know, what what sparked you onto this hobby. Well, I think you're yeah. leaving out a key 
piece of information from our childhood is that every summer my dad would grow a garden in our backyard. And so yes, yes, we lived in a neighborhood where like we were blessed to have like large backyards. Like we had swing sets and room to run and play. And my dad would always plant a bunch of tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, eggplant, you name it. One year he grew giant pumpkins. I do remember Remember that. that? And he had like a 200 pound pumpkin displayed in the front of our house. And yes, I do. And so I think my, my liking for plants really was ingrained from a young age and it was kind of like a delayed onset as I grew older. And I think the journey of me growing older and exploring who I really am took some time for me because I think with anyone who goes on the journey of coming out, um, sometimes they suppress their true interests to try and fit in. And I think I subconsciously Mm -hmm. did that through middle school, high school, and even part of college. And so Mm -hmm. when I started working in the real world, I was more open with myself, my true self. And that's really how I discovered plants. Um, my first plant was a bird of my first like true house plant was a bird of paradise. Ooh, fancy. That's a fancy start. It is. And the person at Home Depot was like, you're going to need to repot that soon. It's going to grow really big. And I was like, no, like I'll be fine. <laughs> and and it, what well, I had it for a few years and then I actually gave it away to my neighbor but because it got so big in my office, but um, yeah, it, it actually grew really fast. I needed a plant behind my desk in my office of the apartment that we lived in before we moved into our house. And it just filled up the back area of the wall. And I think if you go on my Instagram and you like, scroll down, you'll definitely find that picture of the bird of paradise. I can, I can take a look at this, this OG plant of yours. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a lot of succulents follow that. Someone from my work actually gifted me an African milk tree cutting and that just exploded. And I slowly, you know, added more succulents and more plants. And before you know it, I had all these plants in my house and we moved and I was like, we have so much room. We have a, a West facing patio that's screened in that has the perfect amount of light. And I can put so many tropical plants out here and my office in this house also has really good light. So I had my two spaces that I could fill with plants, leaving room in the rest of my house for my husband to really not have to deal with them. And so I just started taking pictures of them and I had so many on my phone. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start an Instagram. And it took me like three months, not going to lie to, you know, muster yeah. up the confidence to say, I'm going to start something new from zero from ground zero and to not be afraid of people judging me for this new plant Instagram. And yeah, over time, I think it just, you know, I, I just shared my journey and I think, you know, because I like to be my authentic self on Instagram, I think that really resonated with people. And two and a half years later, like it's, completely different from when I started. I mean, I've seen it kind of grow from a little bud all the way to where you are now. I mean, how did you, when did you really start to kind of get a following? That's an interesting point. Um, When I think about that, it's really when Instagram released reels. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was a part of a TikTok program. Um, So the, 
it was a learn on TikTok hashtag learn on TikTok program. And someone reached out to me on Instagram and said, Hey, like we're recruiting cohorts of people to make educational content for, you know, people across the world that don't have access to regular education. So we'd love you to create, uh, you know, educational content within one of the following categories. And they gave me a list and science was one of them. So I was like, Oh, plants are science. Perfect. So, I joined the program and they essentially taught me how to make TikToks because before that I would just scroll through during COVID, you know, when COVID first hit and, you know, I was watching everyone else on there and I wasn't doing anything. And I, I was just literally just taking pictures of my plants and posting them on Instagram. And I learned that you need a hook. You need to keep your message succinct. You need you know, music and everything needs to, it's, it's a creative process, but you also have to have mm-hmm. the learning. Component. Absolutely. I know that from, I know that from the advertising world. Yeah, there's, and it's not easy. I think a lot mm. of people, you know, especially maybe in the older generation, look at social as like, Oh, people playing around. And it's like, Nope, it's not playing around. It's, it's actually a real powerful tool if you learn to use it right. And it doesn't come native to everyone. And it takes a while to learn. Uh, so that's great. I mean, I feel like I need to do that little, tutorial to learn how to make tiktoks i'm so basic on tiktok right and you know what it actually takes up a lot of time so you have to have set time to designate to that and i think we all had a lot of time on our hands you know when we were going in and out of lockdown um i was fortunate enough to work at home so i would you know work and then when i finished my day job i would say okay like let me just take some time like making a few videos and my husband, John, is just like rolling his eyes at me, like, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, what? And so <laughs> I, you know, as I continue to grow, I think the the one video that took off on Instagram was the video where I talk about that different plants get burnt tips for different reasons. And, mm-hmm. I kind of and so I that. showed off and it had like this this like oriental like jingle tune to it (laughs) It is like kind of catchy and I had the microphone in my hand and I showed two plants and I was like, I can't remember exactly what they were. Um, I think one of them was like corn plant, like lack of water because I I had forgotten to water my big corn plant and I watched the tip slowly dry. And then the punchline of the video was the third plant Monstera adansonii my husband's candle because he had lit a candle too close to the plant that burnt the tip of it. And I was like, this is a perfect, this is a perfect TikTok idea. And so when I posted that, I I had that on TikTok and it did really well. And when I posted it to Instagram, it just like exploded my account. Like I think it got over like a million views. And within a week, my account was just. Oh, wow. Steadily increasing. I was like, this is insane. Like one video. And I guess you know, and people were wanting a part two for like different plants. And um, I guess that's really like when everything took off and I didn't expect that to happen. I was just having fun making videos, making educational content. And I think that kind of that, that goal and the passion kind of is still true today where, you know, I do make educational content, but I also enjoy making like stupid, funny videos. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the best part about it, isn't it? Yeah, just being able to explore my creativity and being able to think of something that no one else has done and just have fun with it and make people laugh. That's great. 
I mean, outside of those things, though, what is your what what would you say is the most rewarding aspect or your favorite thing about being a plant parent, as some call it, to so many different plants now? I mean, do you even know how many plants you have now in the house? Um, last time I counted, it was just shy of a hundred, but I have since <laughs> acquired more. So it's definitely over a hundred, um, which, you know, some people I have a few hundred. For, <laughs> I can, I can attest to that for listeners. Uh, I am in his house right now and I can attest that there, it looks like there are probably over a hundred different plants in here. <laughs> so he's not lying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in my husband's office right now and he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different plants, which need to be watered, actually. <laughs> now, did you decide what plants went in his office or did he decide? Oh, I decided that he has, he, yeah, he, I think he said that he wanted one or two, but. Um, and then that means he got eight or nine. Yeah. Well, we put two shelves up and he wanted just kind of like a wall of plants behind him for his webcam meetings yeah so it looks nice i know that's you know that's a whole other thing that you know could become like a bit of a a project for people or tutorial for people because everyone now is working from home still not everybody actually but a lot of people are still working from home and a lot of people are going to continue to work from home and i've heard of this concept of being of people being so kind of concerned about what the vantage point is of their camera which makes sense mine is very boring at home i should probably kind of spice it up a bit but you know if if someone could come in and help consult like in the frame like kind of what would look good plant wise i mean that's a whole other side of the business that could probably uh spark some interest from folks oh definitely i mean there are other folks out there that do like plant styling and plant design for homes and businesses yeah and for me i i just i i i actually i i'm not a hundred percent confident in my plant design and styling. Like I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. I am more about, yeah, yeah. And I'm more about like keeping the plant alive. Yeah. And just like giving it what it needs. And, and then if you, you know, add the design element that complicates a lot of things. And I just like being able to keep it alive. Um, Right. I mean, right. Cause you got to think about lighting and humidity and, you know, a lot of factors go in that. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I definitely need to do a better job of like styling my office right now. Cause it's just like a cluster of plants on the table next to the window from when I brought them inside over, you know, the first cold snap. And I was like, I'm just going to keep these here for the winter because I get good lighting. And I'm like, I actually need a bigger table and I need to do something with the different color and style pots. I was like, I, I just need to figure this out. But then, you know, life happens and you never yeah. get around to it. The plants are fine and it's not a top priority. So there we go. Right, right. Maybe someday soon. But what is, uh, so it's the educational content for you really. Um, but tell us more about your kind of creative side behind the social media content you post. Like, you know, where do you get your ideas from and how much of what you generate on social, does that come from people requesting content or asking for specific things? How does that work? Yeah, that's a funny question. I was actually talking to Julia this past weekend, Toronto Plant Girl, and she described her process and it was very similar to mine. Being able to come up with an idea and ensuring that no one else has done something along the same lines as that. 
and then executing on it. And if it yeah. just so, I mean, there's, there's only so many topics in the plant world that you can make a video on. Like there's so many, you know, like think about like repotting, how to water, um, grow lights. Um, okay. That's all. How to recognize different ailments. Right. Oh, like pests, thrips, um, mealybug treatment. There's so many like products. Basic... I see that you do some stuff with some products. Like, what do you mean? You know, like you have, you, um, if it comes to pests or different things, you sometimes have recommendations on to what works, you know, in terms of what product to get for this or that. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, exactly. Like what, yeah. What, um, what's, what's something that works for me? Um, you know, it might not work for someone else, but you know, does I use neem oil for X, Y, Z. And so again, very finite amount of topics, but at the same time, there's also, you know, a way to think about how can I engage people and make it interesting and fun and how can I make people laugh? Or how can I make people want to try something that they've never tried mm-hmm. before or validate someone's experience? That's kind of like what I go for. And so um, it depends mm-hmm. on the topic. And I, you know, there's a lot of trends out there. Sometimes I'll jump in on a trend and make it my own. Or if there's an existing trend that no one from the plant world that I've seen has done it, you know, sometimes you can make it about plants. Um, sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're, I'm just like, I don't have, I don't want to do that one. Um but I think in, you've got, your yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, how many trends can you do? It's not like everyone's doing every trend. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, what works for the plant community. I mean, that's the other thing you got to consider is your audience and, you know, who makes up the good, the better part of your audience. Would you say a lot of um, those who follow you are diving into becoming a plant parent, you know, maybe newly, or are, are they pretty far along and they just want, some extra tips. What do you think is the majority makeup of your client base or your followers? Yeah. I think a lot of people that follow me and just kind of like from experience are, you know, people that enjoy houseplants that are following me for tips. And I love helping people. Like I think one of the biggest rewards um, of creating content is when people message me and they say, um, Oh, I brought my orchid back to life because of your your orchid 101 care video um you know it was it it was almost dying and i got it to flower again like that makes me so happy and i think a lot of the people that you know like see my content i guess follow me that's my impression i don't i but um i i just like helping people in that sense and again like making people laugh so and there are so many other plant parents out there that I learned from. I'm not like an expert. I was going to ask, that was going to be kind of my next question is, you know, what's your relationship with some of the other influencers in the fields? You mentioned Toronto plant girl and who was your first interview? You did two other inter- episodes, right? Yeah. Um, Planty plants. Her name is O'Darlin and she is in um, New Jersey, um, right outside New York city. And you know, I, there are so many plant parents out there. I could literally like, there's a whole list of them that, you know, I chat with. And then there are some people who are into house plants and have, you know, a bunch of like plant pictures or don't have plant pictures. They have experience with plants and I chat with them um, or like will comment on each other's posts. So would you say it's a pretty, would you say it's a pretty welcoming community in that regard? Like, 
everyone's kind of out to help each other too. And Oh, definitely. For the most part. Yeah. The how, yeah. That's why I love our community, the plant and everyone for the most part, pretty much knows like the plant parent community is very loving and we love to help each other and share tips. And there's very minimal hate. Like it's not a toxic community. Everyone is very caring and helpful. And, you know, we all have different interests within the market and, I think a lot of the content that I create is geared towards like new plant parents. And then my experience as I'm kind of digging deeper into some of the more um, non-traditional plants and techniques within the community and other people. I mean, and that's, yeah. And I I was showing you like the pawn um, that I was using the other day that I, so I rooted a ficus Audrey and then I Mm -hmm. transplanted it from water into pond. And that was my first experience with it. But there are so many other plant parents out there that use pond religiously. And there are so many soilless plant parents, um, you know, that will use, you know, various types of like semi-hydro or, you know, sphagnum moss, just kind of like staying away from like a lot of peat based media, um, which I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But (laughs) I think that, that's the beauty of it. Like there's always going to be someone that knows more than you and that can help you. And so there's, you know, I, there's a lot of like mentorships happening. Um, and I kind of, that's great. Pay it forward by also like mentoring others. I think that's just like a common theme in life. Like even in my professional world, like I've had a lot of mentors at work Yeah, and you always want to pay it forward by continuing that by mentoring someone else. Absolutely. And with all that said, I mean, is there any plant influencer that you would love to meet in person that you haven't already met? Um, that is a good question. Um, I, okay. I have to say probably, um, Ryan McAllister, who is, he's hilarious and he's actually a Martha Stewart's, um, personal gardener, but, him and I just like oh. have like this hilarious banter through our DMS. Um, and he's a cool guy and has helped me with like various types of plants, um, throughout my journey. So yeah, probably him. He sounds like a good person to know. Yeah. I mean, there are so many other people that I would love to meet and it's, it's hard just to pick one, but yeah. I, totally. So outside the plant world though, you know, this obviously takes up, I mean, you have a full-time job. <laughs> in health i do uh and so you're a busy man i mean you know when i look at how much time it seems to take on social to to make this plant content and even just keep the plants alive i mean that's a significant amount of time then you got a full-time job then you got a husband then you got three dogs now i mean tell us a little bit about your your non-plant life and what you get into yeah um so i work for a nonprofit community hospital in northeast florida I love my health system. It's a great place to work. Um, we have adult hospitals. We have children's hospitals. We have a primary care network, um, a lot of specialty service lines. And I work in the population health sector. So um, in a nutshell, for those who are unaware of what population health is, essentially the government is trying to reduce the amount of money that they spend on healthcare. So through um, CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they've created a bunch of incentive programs for physician groups and 
health systems such as hospitals and, you know, other different types of healthcare organizations um, to align with to increase the quality of care for patients while simultaneously reducing the amount of cost that it, um, reducing the amount of dollars that it costs for the patient and then the insurer. Um, and that is what value-based care is called. So for, for me in my role, I'm an operations manager. So I work very closely with different service lines across the health system to align our clinical operations so that we can be successful in the value-based contracts that we have. So, um, CMS, so a lot of our focus is on Medicare patients, Medicare beneficiaries. Um, we're trying to keep them out of the hospital and keep them as healthy as possible. And we know as we age, we often become frail and there are social determinants that come into play. Maybe, um, you live far away from your family and you may not be able to drive and you have congestive heart failure and you're slowly declining and you, you keep going to the emergency department because you think something really bad is going to happen. Well, in my work, in my line of work, we will develop programs that will care for you in a way that will keep you out of the ED and keep you in your home and keep you safe and not completely jack up the cost of care that you're receiving. I know. Got you. Wow. That sounds like a big job. So many health systems across the nation are shifting to this model of care because it is the future of healthcare. And I think it's something that not many people understand because, you know, we're, we're young and we're healthy and we have commercial insurance, you know, probably through our jobs and, um, that the value-based care market is slowly trickling into commercial health plans. So like think of like blue cross blue shield Aetna, United healthcare. Um, but those insurance companies also have, um, managed Medicare plans too. So CMS pretty much like sets the standard through legislation for value-based care. And that kind of trickles down to some of the, um, commercial, um, some of the, insurance companies, the private insurance companies that have managed Medicare. And then that follows down into the, the younger, healthier, you know, commercial population. Got it. So it trickles down a little bit. Yeah. I know that was kind of a mouthful, but it's kind of hard to explain it in one sentence. You know, I feel like I have to give background so people can appreciate that there's a lot of people working really hard, especially in patient care during COVID, um, to ensure that you know we're we're doing something that's going to affect our macro economy. Really, yeah, very interesting. Outside of work, what else do you get into? Um, what do I get into? So we're social. We like to. It's been kind of hard with COVID and, and whatnot, but um, we have a lot of friends that we'll, we like to go out to dinner with, and my husband, John, and I, and we are very into our personal health, so we work out, you know, like five or six times a week, and wow, it's it's a lot. I wish that part would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So you got gym in the morning, full-time job, plant care, plant content. And then also you've got another big part of your life. Three little uh, furry ones. Yeah. We just got a third golden retriever. His name is Tucker. So um, if you're familiar with my Instagram, you know that Marley and Jax are really big proponents of the plant life and I'll feature them occasionally. And now we have baby Tucker, who's quite the handful and likes to put his mouth on everything. And so I've literally been running ragged this entire week. I feel like my content, my, my content has suffered. Um, I've had really busy days at work. And thankfully, you're here because John's traveling this week um, to help me out with Tucker because it is just been... It's been it's been a week. Can't take it. No, you can't. You can't. You know, puppies, they get their mouth on anything and everything. They do. It's it's a lot. And oh man, I'm 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 excited for him to grow older so he's more responsible, but I know like the next few months are gonna be hard. Mm Mm-hmm. You've done it before though. Yeah, yeah, we've done it twice. So So I think you probably know what you're doing. But on the plant content, I mean, I do have a closing question, um, which is, what advice would you give to people who have an interest in joining the plant community in some regard, you know, starting to cultivate, but are too kind of nervous? I mean, for me, I'm terrible. I do not have a green thumb, but I like the idea Um, And I could see myself in the future wanting to learn more about it, but I'm a little timid about it because, you know, I get a plant in and I kill it and it kind of like deflates my, (laughs) it deflates my, uh, you know, confidence with, you know, you want to keep things alive. So um, what what advice would you have for people who are timid about stepping into the world of being a plant parent, but maybe want to try it? Yeah, that's really uh, something that I've, talked about in the past but it's been a while i think for people who really are unsure is just to try it out right because what's the worst that can happen your plant can die and if it dies you can just get a new one um so my recommendation would be to get there are so many different easy care plants get something that you like know your environment you need to understand where the plant is going to go and in your home and, you know, how much time do you want to dedicate to it? You know, if you want to check on it every day, you know, you could easily buy a Calathea. Um, If you want to, you know, put it somewhere, set it and forget it, you know, you might want to start off with like a ZZ or a Pothos or something. Um, There are even a few philodendrons that require minimal care. So I think for someone that is, kind of hesitant you just have to move forward i mean i think that that's kind of like the same advice i would give to anyone that asked me about anything in their life and if you're unsure of something are you just going to sit there and not do it because you're scared and you you're afraid that you might do something wrong or are you going to be a go-getter and go after what you want it's the same concept of like applying for jobs or making friends or you know, starting a relationship Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And I think there's a lot of transferable skills and, and just different like life lessons within the plant world that aren't often discussed. And I think that this is actually like 
giving me, I, I feel like I need a pen and paper right now to kind of write this idea down because it would, I feel like it would be a good reel, right? They're kind of like getting into the, the psychology and philosophy behind plant care and how it relates to broader aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. And the planning and prep that maybe some can help set someone up for success before they even start, you know, figuring out what kind of climate they're in even, or what kind of light they have, or, you know, where would they put it? I like your suggestion about, you know, how much time are you, or do you want to be putting into this? Um, and doing that research and following PV Plant Guy and other, other similar influencers to kind of figure out the right plants for them. Um, that makes sense to me as someone who probably needs to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the last we were video chatting a few months ago and you, you had some type of succulent that was like dry to the bone. Your soil was like <laughs> yeah. super hydrophobic. You were like trying to break it up with a chopstick, but I think it ended up coming yes, back. Right. It did. Um, that one may have died actually. It came back to life and then I think it suffered again. But I do have a Calathea um, and I have, uh, I gotta think about You have a Calathea? I, yeah, those are the striped ones, right? Yeah, and you're away for five weeks? I gave it to the guy I'm seeing to help spritz it. <laughs> oh, okay. I was scared yeah, for a second. So I was like, it's definitely not going to be alive by the time you no, go back no, home. I know that because uh, I do know that, you know, the plants I have when I bought them were, it was told to me that like, you know, every seven to 10 days and watch the lighting, especially with the Calathea, because that can be tricky. And yeah, the tips have definitely dried out in some cases, like not repairable on the tips, but then I have like gotten the rest of the plant healthy and actually some new, um, some new leaves were, were sprouting. Um, not too long before I left, but you know, one thing I do do, and I think you told me to do it is I bring them in the shower with me. Oh yeah. They love yeah, the humidity. I put, them, I put them on the little ledge. I take a hot shower and you know, they're soaking up that, that moisture. And that seems to, that does seem to help in some regards. Do you have a window in your shower? No. Or like in your bathroom? Yes. Cause you could leave your plants there permanently if there's like a room if there's like a shelf or something yeah it's like a it's like a shaded um like frosted glass though so it doesn't let a lot, a lot of light in um well depending on the direction that that window faces that would actually be perfect for a clathea because they don't like direct light mm. and that would be the perfect um shade for the light coming in for a clay just an idea you know we can facetime when you get home and you can show me and i can help you out. yeah yeah i probably need that yeah so um do you have anything else that you'd like to ask me did i did i do a good job of telling everyone who i am i think so i mean maybe give a closing thought on who you are and what you offer the world in the plant community and that way we can make sure we cover off um, well, I think that a lot of what you see on my social media is who I truly am. Um, I feel like I have kind of like a dry sense of humor, which is often reflected in a lot of my stories and my content. Um, I try to be, you know, f like entertaining to where, you know, people are 
like like enjoying what I'm creating. It's it's fun. It's you know I I like to express my creativity. Some things I put out there and I go back and watch. I'm like, what was I thinking? But I think that happens with any creative process. But I think largely, mm-hmm. and I started this podcast because there are so many people out there. And they strictly post about plants. And I like to sprinkle a little bit of me. And I think you see that with like my like fitness journey and my dogs. And like, like sometimes like we'll go somewhere and I'll like, you know, post the plants of like where we are. But largely my profile is authentically me. And I think that's important, especially in the world of social media where people are often, you know, sucked into unrealistic expectations Um, especially on TikTok, I think it's, that's terrible for that. Um, and even in the plant world, you know, there was at one time people were showing off their perfect plants all the time. And I think that just, you know, sometimes causes anxiety and depression, um, because you don't know the person, you just know what they're putting out there and they're creating an image of themselves. Yeah. And yeah. And it probably, you know, those people that are just, that are, you know, wanting to dip a toe. I think that can make it more intimidating and daunting to be like, Oh God, I need to be perfect at this. Exactly. And I think a lot of the people, like there are so many people out there that do have perfect plants. And like, I, like I love seeing them and watching them. I just don't have the time to dedicate to have all of my plants look perfect. And I think it's important to understand that um, your plant journey needs to work for you and you can't really let other people influence you or get down about yourself because you need to come up with a plan that works for you. If you want a lot of plants, just know that you just need to dedicate a significant amount of time to keeping them alive. And, um, you know, it might dig into your, your late evenings before you go to bed. And, you know, it takes a, a solid 30, 40 minutes just to like water my office plants. And then I have all the plants outside, but going back to like my authenticity, I think that it's important to express that. And I think for me, I've, I'm like proud of the way that I've portrayed myself on social media because I have people from work that follow me. And I think it's important to be professional. You know, I wouldn't ever post anything that I wouldn't want my colleagues to see. And that's something that aligns with like my, my, my work ethic and how I want to be successful and do good at work. And I want to make a difference for the patients Mm -hmm. that we help behind the scenes. Um, Just like I want to make a difference for people in the plant community. And I think like the value of making a difference for me is something that I've always held true to. And I think keeping that at my core is kind of what's pushing me forward. And so I, I, I like to talk to people just because there's so many facets of their life that you don't know about that may like you, you, that may cause you to like them more. Um, and so things about me, I mean, absolutely, I didn't even get into the, like how I like cooking, right? Um, I come from a big Italian family. My, you know, part of my family is also Armenian. And so we have like deep cultural roots. Um, there's, there's a whole culture of being from Rhode Island, which you understand and which, <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> no, I understand you know, not a lot of people understand that, but you know, I, I can't always make reference to that on my social media because it's not something that connects with a lot of people. And I think that's, that's kind of the downside of social media is um, you, you, you tend to post things that align with what the, yes. And so some, sometimes I could see how people would lose their authenticity because of that, but. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I think if you take the approach, like you were saying, where like you sprinkle in personal things about yourself here and there, and people will find, you know, different ways to be like, oh, we have this outside of just like a like for plants. We have this other thing in common. I'm also, you know, love to cook Armenian food or Italian food or, you know, from, I'm from the Northeast or whatever it is. So you never know like what you actually throw out there as a personal sort of anecdote really does resonate with you know, someone, no matter how many people that is, that can make a positive impact. Right. Like, um, I can say this to you, like, you have no idea what I do right now for a spinach pie. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I have no idea what you Oh do. my, yeah, you know what a spinach pie is, like, from the bakeries in Rhode Island. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I would love oh, to have did. a spinach oh, pie right now for lunch, because it's, it's 12 o'clock yes. right now, and I'm starving. <laughs> yes. I thought you were trying to say that you, you make your own spinach pies to which I was going to say, damn, I'm lucky to be here. Oh, I do. I actually made my mom taught me how to make them. So maybe we can, ah, we can experiment with that. We could, I have to see what's in the fridge for lunch, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I think there's like a lot of things that happen in my life that I don't share. I mean, something, I mean, my relationship, I'd like to keep, you know, pretty private. I'll talk about John, but like, um, it's not like I'm advertising us on there or, you know, Him. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I totally respect that. And I think a lot of people respect that. Yeah. So, um, you know, going forward, I think it's important to just be yourself and, um, I'm really looking forward to talking to some of the amazing people that are in the plant community. So I think, um, I'm very blessed and lucky to, have so many people like say yes when I ask them. And I think that's, that's, I'm excited for you too. Yeah. Do you have your next guest lined up or not yet? I do. Um, so my next guest is Robin and she is the face behind the Ikea greenhouse cabinet account on Instagram. And she, so what she does is she has two Ikea greenhouse cabinets, like the one that I have in my office. And she created an account to feature other people's cabinets. And over time, she's grown to like over 150,000 followers. And her account is beautiful because it displays everyone's creative thoughts and designs and how they've executed their greenhouse. It's just amazing. Um, and she, she doesn't hmm. have any pictures of her face. And I did a live with her one time back, I think uh over summer and it was the first time she like revealed herself so that was hilarious and we had a great time talking about everything plants and so when i asked her i was like robin like i want to get to know you like who who really are you aside from everything plants and so she's really excited to come on and that's sunday at noon so the regular time for this podcast is sunday at noon but today this is a special time because you're here and you're leaving on saturday so we couldn't do sunday Mm-hmm. Okay, so is it this Sunday or the following Sunday? It is this Sunday, the 19th. Sunday at noon. And what is EST. her name again? Her name is Robin. Robin from the IKEA Greenhouse account. Cabinet. Ikea, at IKEA Greenhouse Cabinet. Follow her. Follow him. And get her. her plant <laughs> I meant him, meaning you. TV plant guy. And oh my gosh. Best, best MC ever. Yes. And, uh, tune on in guys. Thank you everyone for joining today and I will see you next time.